0: Now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Listeners and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist
1: Paula Schlyce. Hi, everybody. In 1981, police in Mansfield, Ohio, announced that the abduction and murder of a Lawson's Dairy store clerk was pretty much a closed case, not due to a conviction but because they believed their top suspect had committed suicide. From the very start, not everyone was convinced about those conclusions. And over the next few years, dark rumors about the police force cast a long shadow over its work. Whispers of homicides that seemed to have direct connections to members of the force led the city to hire an investigator to sort through the accusations. The final report pointed out abnormalities about that Lawson's case and opened the door for an argument to be made that maybe someone got away with not just one murder, but two. This mystery begins on March 29, 1981, with a young woman named Tammy Lynn Osborne. Tammy, a lifelong resident of Mansfield, was 23 years old and the mother of two, she lived on Washington North Road and was working on her second marriage, this one to Michael Osborne, a 29-year-old Richland County Sheriff's deputy. Tammy was the one with a more dangerous job because Tammy worked alone as a third shift clerk at Lawson's Dairy Store. This was an era when employees at the Lawson stores routinely complained of and even picketed over safety issues. Already in 1981, a male clerk in Mansfield had been fatally shot in a Lawson store, and a female clerk was assaulted and killed at a store in Kent, Ohio. The Akron Beacon Journal had looked at the problem in their own city and found that in 1980, a crime had occurred at one of the local Lawson stores on average every 36 hours. That was the environment Tammy Osborne faced on March 29th when her husband dropped her off at midnight to begin her shift. Tammy was making some moves to improve her own working conditions. Just one week earlier, she had transferred to the store on Lexington Avenue from the one on Ashland. And this was to be her last midnight shift. She was moving to days. At 1.40 a.m. that morning, an off-duty deputy sheriff named Carl Klein stopped by Lawson's to pick up some milk. Behind the counter, the meat slicer was running, meat still on the blade, but there was no sign of the clerk. Mansfield police were called to the scene and immediately began a door-to-door search of witnesses. Two people admitted to having heard a woman screaming, but they hadn't investigated further and saw nothing. Police interviewed Tammy's husband, who was at home with the children, and Michael told them he was talking to Tammy on the phone at 1.30 and that she mentioned there were three men in the store acting suspicious. Since Deputy Klein was in the store by 1.40, that meant whatever happened to Tammy, it had to have occurred in a 10-minute window. Sadly, Tammy was not missing for long. Just before 8 a.m., the Richland County Sheriff's Department Dispatch got a call from a woman who was jogging along a popular path through Black's Woods off Woodland Road and Marion Avenue just outside the Mansfield city limits. There was a naked body in those woods. It was Tammy, and that made the case a joint investigation between the Mansfield Police Department and the Richland County Sheriff's Office. The coroner would determine Tammy had been severely beaten and strangled to death with some sort of ligature. There were multiple blunt impacts to her head, body, arms, and legs, and she had a partially collapsed lung. But the coroner said while she may have been sexually assaulted, he could not confirm she had been raped. Investigators were excited about a big piece of evidence at the crime scene tire tracks found near the body. They made plaster casts of them and quickly sent them to Firestone Tire and Rubber Company in Akron, where a tire specialist named Peter McDonald was able to identify that particular tread. They were Jetson Geminis, a brand sold at Montgomery Ward. He could also tell from the impression of the tread. That the vehicle wearing this particular tire was small and lightweight. Mansfield officers set out to find a vehicle with tires that matched that description, and within hours, they found such a car, a 1976 AMC parked outside a downtown Mansfield apartment on Crow Street, just two blocks from the Lawson store. And so, detectives obtained a search warrant. For the resident of that apartment, 22-year-old Sean Kearney. Kearney was a 1976 graduate of Mansfield High School. He had a conviction on his record, a breaking and entering charge from 1977, something for which he was placed in a prison diversion program. He was known to sell marijuana, and he was looking to make a move. He had plans to go to Las Vegas. While Kearney's car was at his apartment, he didn't seem to be there, so detectives waited. They staked out the apartment from the time they got the warrant, around 7 p.m. Wednesday, until 4 p.m. Thursday afternoon, when a woman showed up and let herself in. The woman was Kearney's girlfriend. She lived in nearby Crestline, and it was she who found that Kearney had been in that apartment all along. She discovered his body lying on the living room couch with a single gunshot wound to the head and a thirty eight caliber revolver lying next to him. Police questioned the woman and then released her. They towed Kearney's car for processing and they searched that apartment. Police reported they had found the clothes Tammy had been wearing when she was abducted. They were tucked into a gym bag sitting in a spare room that Kearney used for weightlifting. At first, the sheriff was careful not to draw any public conclusions. There was no evidence Kearney and Tammy Osborne knew each other. Tammy hadn't been killed by a gun, so the gun wasn't going to tie them together. And after sending Kearney's body to the Kaga County coroner for an autopsy, they weren't eager to call his death a suicide, Kearney was left-handed, but he'd been shot on the right side of the head and at a downward trajectory. It wasn't impossible that the shot was self-inflicted, but awkward enough that it warranted some pause. Kearney had multiple scrapes on his chest, fingers, and knees, as well as bruises on his chest. He could have been fighting with his killer, or were those abrasions from his victim. One possibility, they noted, was that if Kearney was involved in the murder of Tammy, he may have been killed by an accomplice. Richland County Sheriff Richard Petty told reporters, I don't think we should say this is the guy who abducted her. We don't know if there was anyone else. Four weeks, Kearney's autopsy continued to say his cause of death was undetermined, but nine weeks in, Mansfield police wrapped up their investigation and Richland County Coroner Milton Oaks made his decision. He ruled Kearney's death a suicide, saying he had several top coroners in the state review the report and agree with him. Kearney's parents strongly and publicly rejected that report, Joseph and Dolores Kearney said a physician, Dr. Gordon Morkel, told them it was unlikely, almost impossible, for Kearney to shoot himself that way. His opinion was tempered somewhat, however, by the fact that he had lost to Coroner Oaks in the last election. But Kearney's parents had another reason for not accepting that their son had killed himself. The night Tammy died... Kearney had attended a party on Helen Avenue. People at the party said he was bombed on marijuana and alcohol. And five of them said this, that Kearney told them that very night, if I'm found dead and it looks like a suicide, don't believe it. Nearly a year after Tammy Osborne's murder, the Mansfield News Journal did a review of the case and clearly Not everyone did believe it. County Sheriff Petty said as far as he was concerned, it was still an ongoing investigation. While there was strong evidence Kearney's car was in the park, there wasn't good enough evidence tying Kearney to Tammy's murder. The Lawson Corporation wasn't convinced either. They had offered a $25,000 reward in the case. And while it was suggested that the Firestone tire designer who linked Kearney's car to the woods should receive that reward, a Lawson spokesperson said, that case is not closed for a minute. We have been told that that was anything but a suicide. Mansfield Police Chief Matthew Bennick and Richland County Prosecutor John Allen were standing firm, confident Sean Kearney acted alone, and abducting and killing Tammy and then taking his own life. They said they had a cast of a bare footprint in the area of Tammy's body and that the footprint matched the size and shape of Kearney's. But they did not venture a guess as to why Kearney would have been barefoot carrying a dead body into the woods. All of this frustrated Kearney's parents. They had hired a private investigator, but Mansfield police wouldn't let them review the evidence, saying this case was still open. The closest the family came to offering their own theory was when an uncle of Sean's, who was a member of the Chicago Police Department, made some inquiries and concluded Sean was probably killed as part of a drug deal gone bad and that the timing of his murder was just a confusing coincidence. And so the months and the years passed. Tammy's husband, who left the sheriff's department soon after his wife's murder, filed a $1.8 million lawsuit against Lawson's for not keeping her safe. The suit was later settled out of court for an unpublished sum. That might have been the end of it all. If it weren't for a Mansfield police officer who was convicted of killing a woman in 1988. Lieutenant Charles Oswalt, the third shift watch commander, strangled a former girlfriend, Margie Coffey, in his cruiser while he was on duty, then dumped her body in a river where it was found by some Boy Scouts. He would go on to serve 16 years for voluntary manslaughter. But when that homicide happened, There were accusations that she wasn't the only one, that there were other murder victims with ties to other police officers, and investigations done so shoddily they appeared to be cover-ups. The allegations were disturbing enough that Mansfield Mayor Edward Meehan decided the only way to put them to rest was to prove or disprove them. He hired a former FBI agent, Robert Greenhall, who spent nine months looking into four cases in particular. One was the case of a woman shot to death less than a week after her marriage to a Mansfield police officer was dissolved. Another case involved a Malabar High School senior who was beaten to death in her home. Her diary revealed several members of the police department had been having sex with her and an Ohio State trooper from the Mansfield Post admitted to being with her the night she was killed. And then there were the two cases that are the focus of our story tonight. Tammy Osborne, of course, had been the wife of a county deputy, and Greenhall revealed this about Sean Kearney. There was no gunpowder found on his hands, and the prints on the gun were not a match for his own. Greenhall didn't find enough evidence to seek indictments in any of the cases he looked at. The embattled police force interpreted that to mean the department was absolved of all wrongdoing, and they moved on. But the revelations were still intriguing and did nothing to put to rest the question of who killed Tammy Osborne. It also seemed to reinforce the notion that Sean Kearney's death was another homicide. In need of solving.
0: That's it for our midweek 10 minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and may all of your mysteries have
1: happy endings. You-